Uh, welcome everybody, uh, it's been a bit of a long time, we've had a bit of a hiatus here on the Smack Talk podcast, but um, I finally figured out the Zoom, been bothered to look into it, and I haven't got a better excuse this week than having the Mr. Padre Fern, wonderfully, wonderfully motivating, he's out doing his thing for charity now, and I'm absolutely delighted to have him on, so thanks very much Park for coming on. Thank you very much man, brilliant to be on, very, very happy. Uh, first of all, let's let's get into the, the elephant in the room, you're down in Australia, we're stuck here in yeah. Ireland. And our end of the woods, it hasn't been good. I think you got out at the right time. What's life been like down in Australia so far? Well, no, I'll say this, but probably everyone will give me hate, but we've actually had a five-day lockdown over here now, so it's been tough, Dodge. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, we, we were on lockdown for about eight months, so we were um, like from March until basically November there like it was a very very strict lockdown where mm-hmm. you couldn't go to people's house basically the same lockdown news are having at the moment yeah uh, besides like maybe two weeks in June we had off so then we got out there in November and since then to be honest with you it's been back to normal like everything open restaurants pubs open gyms everything out there opened and obviously that came at the time of the good weather as well yeah because okay. it's summer over here summer for that, so it's been unbelievable and like it's class but then just with the tennis and whatnot, there was a, a few new out, a few new outbreaks over here. Yeah. So I think we had like all together in Victoria. It's it's so mad. Like in Victoria, all together active cases we had like seventeen the other day. So the <laughs> like the premier came out and was like, "Yeah, we're we're closing everything down for five days, and then it's going to be announced tomorrow whether or not like it's we're allowed to go again." So like I think at one point, so at the moment we're doing like twenty five thousand cases a day. Right, okay. Whereas like back home, it's twenty five thousand, or twenty five, or sorry, I mean twenty five thousand um, tests today. Yeah. The likes of back home, it's twenty five thousand cases. And yeah. Like yeah. Only come back with like one case maybe. My so God. it's, but it, it is class. Like even even now at the moment with this like this short lockdown, you're able to still go to the beach or whatever. Like it's a great place to live. Like I'm in Melbourne at the moment, so it's a class place to live. Just very very cool. And you're saying I was, I was they... lucky. Go on ahead there. I was lucky during lockdown, like I had worked the entire time throughout it, like so mm-hmm. I, I got very, very lucky, unlike a lot of other Irish that like end up having to go home. Yeah, obviously that would suck. But uh, you said they traced it back to, was it the tennis they said it was caused by? Yeah, so there's a hotel quarantine over here. So I've seen, if you... I've seen like people were coming in, tennis players were coming in playing tennis in their room and, you know, locking in for 14 days. Yeah. So they're directing it back to that incident. Yeah, so I think, well, what we've been talking Anyways, um, from the hotel quarantine, obviously there there was cases, which mm-hmm. is fine in the quarantine. But then whenever like the security guards and like the staff go home to their house, then like Oops. it's it's being outraged to there. Like not not too many. It's all coming back to the hotel quarantine so mm-hmm. far. Like there hasn't been a mystery case yet anyway. So like we've been very lucky. Like the the backlog of it all is very very good over here. Yeah, he's, I tell you, they're lucky, especially because the, the big thing I've noticed from this lockdown here has been the difference between a summer lockdown and a winter lockdown has been absolutely fierce. Like, there's yeah. just been able to say, even though we're not in sunny, sunny Australia, but the weather we had in that first lockdown was unrivaled for this place. Mm-hmm. Like, it was unbelievable. And the, just the difference it has for, like, your mental health and just everything else in your day-to-day activities is just unbelievable. Being able to sit outside in the sun for maybe, you know, two hours a day instead of sitting inside in the freezing cold two hours a day yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy yeah 100 100 like i know like a good few friends back home and whatnot like they had to i think like block me on stories and whatnot because obviously i'm putting up these unreal <laughs> stories and like being out in the pub or whatever and like i was getting messages being like you are actually a dick like this is so shit but then like we went through the same thing whenever like we were in lockdown over here you were off for like a month or two mm-hmm. and you were all going out and i was just watching everything and being like this is awful this is just um, jealousy kicked in and whatnot. Have the government done anything crazy? Because I keep looking back. I think like over here, there's one real pivotal moment in like the whole COVID thing. And like, I do think they'll look back at this in history and go, "What the clean fuck were they thinking?" The eat out to help out scheme over here. So basically, they encourage people. You know, there's fifty percent off your food, and you have to go and sit in a restaurant yeah. and eat food. Which I think they're going to look back at and be in the middle of a pandemic. You just told people to go out to restaurants and actually pay them to eat there. <laughs> oh, no, my, my, da- my dad owns a cafe like, in Rafe Island, if you know mm-hmm. there. And like 
he was the same. It was he out to help out, and he loved it obviously because it was busy as anything yeah. in there. But even even in his head, he was saying, "What what are what are they doing this for? Because it's just going to go back to the exact same way." I think everyone but them knew it was just going to affect it the exact same way. Like, yeah, I thought it was obviously insanity. But have they introduced anything like that over in Australia, or is it just obviously? It seems like a lot no. more common sense than practice. Yeah, that was never introduced. Even like the likes of happy hour, which mm-hmm. is a very big thing over here. Happy hour, like that wasn't really introduced until about two months in because as well, businesses needed to make like a, uh, make their money back. So no, like happy hours were really introduced until like the last month. So no, there was nothing like that at all. Right. Well, we'll probably cover more COVID throughout this, but one thing I want to talk about is pre-Australia life, pre, you know, going on these 52-week challenges and stuff like that there. Talk to me about what Padraig's like, Padraig was like, before you moved to Australia, all this travel you sort of done, what you like in your early days in school, because obviously now, for anyone that doesn't know, motivation stuff's really your game and like getting people up and about, but what were you like back then? Were you always this way? No, I don't think so. I w- I've always been like very happy, very outgoing, and I, I-, I was always positive in myself, but it wasn't very much like, you know, spreading positivity or whatever. Mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed like making sure people are happy and you know, uh, like that that there sort of thing. Like I, I was I was bullied when I was younger, so I always knew that how it felt to feel like shit. So I never ever wanted anyone to feel like that. Yeah, Even okay. if it was something simple, I, I would always make like like in, like to involve people or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, but like the likes of school, went to St Paul's, um, and I think where it all really started for me was Camp America. So. Uh, I went to St. Paul's and I was in seventh year in school and I did shit in school because like I didn't study or anything out there. I was the laziest lad you'll ever meet in school. I was just during the, during the club. club. <laughs> <laughs> Been there. I I used to go into study hall, for, like go down to the back with my laptop and just have the crack of people. I, I loved school, but I was just awful at it. Yeah. And I ended up I got to like March, so the week before St. Patrick's Day. And the I was like called up to the uh, vice principal's office at the time and they were like, Pork, listen, this isn't going well for you. We're going to kick you out. And I was like, and I just took it, like I, I laugh and smiled at everything. So I was like, ha ha, see you tomorrow. <laughs> Sweet. And I like went home and I got home and my mom was like, yeah, I got a phone call from Christine Fern there and you're kicked out of school. And I was like, ah, they're just joking. And I was like, yeah. I was like, that's just a little thing we do. I was like, it's just, that's classic Christine. <laughs> And I was like, no, like, she seemed serious. Like, you're out. And I was like, we'll see about that. So anyway, <laughs> the next day, got dressed in the school uniform, went to the bus. And, like, I was leaving my mom. She goes, where are you going? You're, you're not in school anymore. And I was like, we'll have a talk. <laughs> so I went in, went to all my classes or wherever. No one said anything to me, like, about being out. They just went about the number. I seen Miss Farron that day, and she just kind of goes, hi. And I was like, what's the crack? I like walked away from there and I was like, I knew I wasn't kicked out. I knew that was just the crack. <laughs> and I went to work that night and I worked for my dad at the time in the uh, cafe. And then they get a phone call and it was me that answers it. And I was like, hello, chip shop cafe. And she's like, hi, how you doing? Just looking for an Owen Fern. And I was like, I knew the voice straight. I was like, I was like, oh, Jesus. Because it was a busy night. I was like, dad's going to kill me. I was like, dad, I'm someone at home for you. And through it, I ran to the kitchen because I was scared. And um, I, it was a big long call. My dad's like trying to stick up for me or whatever. And I was like, listen, you know what? Let's call it quits in the school. Maybe she's right. I'll leave it. So I ended up dropping out of school in seventh year, like two months before all my exams. Mid-school? Mid-school, yeah. Gee, Mid- and the, it, was then, it was then I had enough of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> man, you wanted, I was awful at school. Like, I was just, I just went in for the crack, like. I was, um, I was the same in school like I was I I always said like I left I got my A-level results back and I'll never forget the feeling I just looked at them and just went dear lord like I, there was no like I wasn't even upset I was just like oh god like and I it wasn't yeah. as if it wasn't as if it wasn't smart or bright enough or anything that just something at the time school just never ever clicked for me it's just yeah 101 things I'd rather be doing like I'm just probably the same crack and I'd rather distract people <laughs> probably go yeah, do yeah. well <laughs> at the time like i ne- at, and still at the time like I, I don't i never knew what i wanted to do in my life so i was like mm-hmm. there's no point in me really studying this subject because i don't know if i want to do this subject so i don't want to waste any energy in this like you know yeah just sell- silly excuses but then 
I end up obviously so all my friends are going to university and whatnot and I was like fuck it I'm just going to work for my dad for a year and decide within that year what I want to do so I knew I always knew I wanted to travel I was always mm-hmm. in a big travel bus so I applied for a, um, the Camp America at a special needs summer camp and got the job went in June I think and it was the best thing I've ever done like so that's why I always say like I might not have done that had I stayed home because I probably would have been in university and whatnot and I would have had the money to go. Yeah. But I ended up saving up and going to it. The best thing I've ever done in my life. Like just so rewarding working mm-hmm. with like special needs people and like learning so much about life really. I think really from that I was I was I was I just appreciated everything so much more. Cause I was like this could be anyone's life right now. Like this is amazing. Like mm-hmm. where I'm at and what I'm learning and everything. Um so yeah, did did the Camp America, came back and what did I do then? I think I think I went back to working with my dad and like was working in a few other little places. Then went back the next summer. Then I was there for so I got like uh, uh, a mind the few months before that summer. I ended up getting this like lemon tattooed on me. Okay. So that that was where like. I was just like, that was for positivity. So like, mm-hmm. I was always saying like, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, shit yeah. up and get over it. Um, like to the point where I was saying that much, like my dad for my 18th birthday bought me a box of lemons. <laughs> that, that was my 18th birthday present, like a box of lemons. <laughs> the, 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 there was no like, here's a box of lemons. No, go get your real present. It was a box yeah. of lemons. That's your present. I was like, 20 quid in a card for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I don't love lemons that much, man. Like, oh, I, like the, I like the emoji when I'm using Instagram. Like, that's about it. Like, I was like, where's, where's my car here? Um, and then, so I went back the next summer and I ended up doing the summer camp. And I think I was there for about two weeks and then got fired. Right, okay. From the same summer camp because uh, I was found with like a fake id all right okay because I, I i was only 20 so i went out drinking as a like 20 year old went how to dare you how dare you got 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 in everywhere like it worked perfect 20 you know, quid from f- fake ids.co.uk <laughs> do you tell them 20 over in ireland is like your past that you over the hill <laughs> he's like all you need to be is able to reach the bar stool right? like, what do you mean <laughs> or if someone can lift you up that's all right they brought me in for a meeting i was like is this is this serious i was like just <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I just want to have the crack, lads. Um, but I end up like going to a new summer camp, and it was class as well. And uh, then just came home from that there place. End up like so, I got like my big traveling bug from America out of me. But then I always wanted to go to Australia. Mm-hmm. Like that was always the main goal. Always like the, the main thing I wanted in sights with the. Uh, Gary Crummy from back yeah. in Yuri. like me, mm-hmm. me and him had always said, we'll go to Australia, we'll go there, we'll go there. And I mind I got home from America. And I was like, I think I've done, done enough of that, done two years of the summer camp. So I think I'm ready now for a change like Australia. So I texted him, I was like, listen, let's go. We'll do Australia. Let's, we'll meet, a, meet for a grounded and we'll book it then. Mm. So I mind like <laughs> from September till January, we went, met once a week for a grounded hot chocolate and like a slice of cake or whatever. And each week we were booking Australia. Never got around to it. Like <laughs> Never got around to it. it. It was just like, so what was the crack? What did you do this week? How's the running going or whatever? Like just shite talking. And I was working in a fruit and veg warehouse at the time. And I got a phone call in like January. And it was Gary. And I was like, well, what's the crack? Because we'd been planning for like three weeks. We'd been planning genuinely serious. Like, no, mm-hmm. we'll book it because we're going this summer. And each day, like we planned to meet, it wouldn't suit him or it wouldn't suit me to meet together. So uh, went uh, I, I, he rang me after work straight away and he was just like, well, what's the crack? I was like, not much, just finished work there. And he was like, just to let you know, I booked Australia. You can go down if you want to Secret Travels and you can book it if you like, but I've booked already. I'm going. You can just t- tag on mine. And I was like, Jesus, this is happening. He was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, fuck, great. So I went straight down, booked it there and then. Rang my dad. I think yeah, dad was the first person I rang, and I was just like, "I booked Australia by the way." And he's like, "Jesus, you're actually doing it. like no one really believed it because I'd been talking about it for three years." Yeah, they were like, "Ah, oh, he's you're just gonna, gonna go. stay. He's just gonna stay." So yeah, that was like life before Australia. Really, 
Jesus. Right. So, but how does that come up? How does it come about? <laughs> you're just like, right, Australia, that's it. That's where I'm going. Because there's a lot of people that would like, you know, have tattoos, want to build a career, like, you know, things like that. You're just never that way inclined. It was just like, I want to go somewhere. I'm going to do it. Yeah. I don't know why. It was, it was always just Australia that we wanted to go. Because I think we, like, from back home, you definitely have a different th- thought of Australia. It's loads of work, loads of money, sunny all day, every day. Mm-hmm you don't really work that much to get paid that much. And like, it's just a great lifestyle. Obviously getting over here, like you learn it's, it is still an unbelievable lifestyle, but like the money's great, but then also the lifestyle living is great. But like, I think it's just um, all that brought in together. We were like, yeah, let's go to Australia. So the two of us and then Gary's brother, Shane just went over hmm. and class. And you knew, you knew you were going to stay for the two years. It's two years, isn't no, it? Yet? No, no, that wasn't the plan at all. A year, I would have been like, oh, okay, a year, I'm going to be happy with that. Yeah. And then after about six months, I was like, I'll probably end up staying the second year. And then it was if then I went about doing the farm work because you obviously have to get your regional work over here. Mm-hmm. And went and did it with Gary. And then I was like, yeah, stay for a second year. I'm, I'm on to my second year now. So I think I've about three or f- about four months left of my second year. And then I'm okay. able to go into a third year because there's like COVID visas came out over here. Okay. So if you're if you're working in a um if you're if you're working during all of lockdown with you know the what's the word like in in a, in a sector where like you know it was needed as, oh, essential essential if, if you're an essential worker yeah. um then you can get an extra visa for it's up from three to twelve months so I'm able to get that there one nice so you should be able to hopefully get. The positive side of this, you didn't lose any experience over there, basically, by being trapped indoors for a couple of months or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Class. And life in Australia, what's that like on a daily basis for you? Like, obviously, you're out at the minute doing uh, the 52 and 52 challenge and stuff like that there. Uh, if anyone follows Podrick Instagram, you see, like, just motiva- heaps and heaps of motivational stuff. I've only, been, I've only even come in contact with you maybe the last week or two, but even the stuff I've seen you post is, like, beyond motivational and it's no bullshit. That's sort of one of the main things. I am very, very particular who I follow on social media and see people that don't post any bullshit straight away. No bother following. So talk to me about 52 and 52, your motivation and stuff like that there. Like, first of all, what is this 52 and 52 challenge you're doing? So the 52 and 52 is, it's 52 Olympic-sized triathlons in 52 weeks of 2021. So um, that's, every I'm doing every Sunday. Okay, so uh, just, Olympic triathlon, because my limited knowledge of triathlons, there's sprints, isn't there? Yeah. So what uh, distance sprints, does that cover? I think a sprint is a 250-meter swim, a five-kilometer cycle maybe, and a two-kilometer run, but I'm yeah. not 100% certain on like what all the ones are. Yeah. The one I'm doing, the Olympic one, is a 1.5-kilometer swim, mm-hmm. a 40-kilometer cycle, and a 10-kilometer run. So it's no joke. <laughs> no, it's, it's one after the other, yeah. one after the other two. Yeah. With like no- very little break in between. Right, okay. And the purpose of that for the 52, you're doing one every week. Yeah. And what was the other thing? It was Oh, yeah, and the motivation, the charity side of it. So tell me a bit about that as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So it all kind of came about during lockdown. Like, Obviously, everyone had a very, very tough lockdown. Mm-hmm. But I've always said, like most of whatever like when life gives you lemons so whenever we were locked in so i was living with a couple who were absolutely lovely but no matter who you're living with your head's going to go insane because you're seeing the same four walls every day so from that i kind of was like i need to take something where i'm enjoying it and i've never been into running never was a runner i lived with gary and shane for a year both were big into running Hmm. and i could never ever get into it i would go for the odd like 5k with them and would be about 20 minutes behind them. Like, <laughs> they'd be walking back up. They've had their breakfast by the time I made it. Um, but during lockdown, I was like, okay, um, there's no gyms open. There's no uh, nothing else to do. So I'm going to try this whole London thing. Got into it big time. And that's what kind of, like, brought me a bit of mental health reassurance. Mm-hmm. Because without that, like, at least I would go home. For, I, I still had work, as, as I was saying. But I would go home overnight, would get go from a run I would be back home by like seven o'clock that night and be like okay today was a good day you know I've done my work and I've also done something beneficial mm-hmm. so 
because it was helping with my mental health and also I was seeing so many people and talking to so many people that were struggling with their mental health, especially during this lockdown, it kind of terrified the shit out of me because I was like, there's going to be an onslaught from this. Like, it's not going to just be known now in the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's going to be like suicides increase. Like, well, it's hard yeah. to say, but like, this is the reality situation. Depression increase. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to probably see depression increase and whatnot. So I thought now more than ever, it's extremely important to like show like highlight a mental health charity. So I like started researching loads of mental health charities and whatnot. And I wanted to do something that they work in back home. And um, because that's where I come from. That's just yeah. my goal. And I came across about five that were really, really good, that were like non-profit charities and just the work they did was brilliant. So I rang each of them and then I got on to a charity called Mind, which is in the UK. And just even the way, like, do you ever speak to someone on the phone and instantly know these are good people? Yeah. Like yeah. talk them straight away and the way they answered the phone, the way they talked to me, the way they talked about mental health, everything, when I told them what I was planning on doing, the way they just discussed it with me was amazing. Like, so mm-hmm. was, my big goal was to raise money for mental health. And not even so much money more was just to raise awareness like yeah it would be brilliant it'd be brilliant to raise money but my thing has always been i want to raise awareness on mental health that mm-hmm. mental health isn't going to disappear it's yeah it's not no matter how much money there is in in the world it's not going to disappear it's it's an illness it's the likes of cancer you know yep. there's heaps of money thrown into cancer and it's going to be there but the more research it's put into it and the more awareness there is, then the better chance you have of surviving. So that's what my thought is with mental health. The more awareness there is, it's like, let's say me and you go out to a pub tonight, just even you knowing that it's okay to, to come to me and be like, not feeling great today, actually. Like, you know, I'm feeling pretty shitty. This happened here. And we would have a, even a 10-minute chat conversation. And then you can leave being like, yeah, I feel better. I got that off my chest. Yeah. So to, to normalize it, basically. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that just aren't conscious enough, and I can't speak on behalf of women, but I definitely know when young men, especially, like maybe you're just not conscious of your mental health. A lot of people aren't aware that it's there and it's something that needs to be cared for and looked after and developed and things like that. There, and even even there's times where you don't realize you're doing good. Like I may not think, "Oh, come on, we'll go to the pub tonight and I'll sort out my mental health." Just those things on their own are helping you to look after mental health. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, uh, and then talk to me more about a wee bit more. Talk to me more about like the demands of this challenge that you're doing. So, like, obviously, how how is it like impacting you? How tough are you finding it? Like, talk me through that process then. So, the first one, uh, I'll be honest, was horrendous. It mm-hmm. was not fun. Didn't enjoy a bit of it, but I hadn't trained enough for it. Like, I, I had been doing very good training, and then, as I say, the pubs reopened in November, so it kind of went downhill yeah. like that <laughs> so i was on like a beer and kebab diet for about two months <laughs> in a, like two months straight and i might have got to like christmas day and i was working behind the bar on christmas day and um it was absolutely steaming absolutely like, to the point where i had to be sent home early from a shift i was meant to finish at 12 o'clock and at 10 30 my manager came over and was like you need to head home and i was like what <laughs> and he was like you don't need to go home but just at least go to that side of the bar clock out like you're done and i was like no problem. I woke up the next day and I was like, I have a triathlon in a week. Like people train for like months to do one of these. I was like, yeah. I need to pull my socks up. So the first one was very, very tough. Like I finished it and genuinely thought I was about to pass out and just I was done. But uh, as the weeks have went on, they have been getting, I wouldn't say easier, but more, more routine. Mm-hmm. So to the point where I'll wake up and be like, okay, yeah, triathlon, like, I have plans for later on the day, so need to get it done over early with. And like I'm seeing that like times slowly but surely increasing or de- yeah, decreasing. Decreasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So like I'm getting quicker at each ask. This past week, mm-hmm. it was the quickest swim I've done yet, and the second quickest run I've done yet. The cycle took me quite a lot longer because uh, I had to do the same route because we had to stay in our five k zone. I had to basically do the same route for eight cycles. times. So right, you end okay. up like falling off the bike and all that there just could just cause of your lack of concentration you're just yeah. it's like uh, I'm bored <laughs> of this now but they are getting more enjoyable like and I've a, I've a good system over here where like on a Monday I can I'll go into work so I work in a school 
mm. I'll go into school on the Monday and then I come home with no plans. So I'll go and get a massage on a Monday and then I'll also maybe have like physiotherapy as well. So it's a nice little yeah to recover the body. It's a good routine. Nice routine. And what sort of a fitness experience did you have before? So I know you said like you sort of went off the boy, but what sort of training, what sort of sports were you in before all this? Like what were you doing? The, the second year I went to America, that's when I started like going to the gym. That was like mm. the first ever real time I went to the gym. Um, I'd never really been big into sports because when I was younger, I had like a bad injury. I had a bad leg. I was born with a bad leg, so I was in like a wheelchair like mm-hmm. from nine to, nine to 12. So I was had a pretty bad injury to the point where like it kind of made me dislike sport because I was okay. jealous. I, I like my, my brother was very, very good at Gaelic, so I'd kind of look at him and be like, I just want to do that. So I kind of went off sport for ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I did the gym. So all my real thing was was the gym. But even, even then it wasn't to like a high point, just to the point where like I'd go the odd day and enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, then over I came over here and started doing wrestling. And wrestling was my only real sport. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Olympic style of wrestling, was it? No, like a WWE. A WWE wrestling. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How how did you get into that? What is it? Clubs. <laughs> <laughs> I I've been obsessed with WWE since I was about six years old. Like absolutely <laughs> obsessed with it. I've always said I want to do that someday. I want to do that. And I went to a few months before I came over here. I went to Dublin because I found out there was a wrestling school. I was like, I want to go down and do that, and did it. And like I think I did like three times in Dublin and was just so out of shape. Like, <laughs> like I was I wasn't out of shape, just that style. I was out of very out of shape. Like I just the cardio wise, I just could mm. not do it. Then I came over here and because I was in much better like physical shape, then I was like, I really, really want to try this again. And found where was I? I was I was talking to someone in a bar and they were like, I was telling them about it, and they were like, Oh, my friend actually is a coach there. Like he's a coach, a wrestling coach. And I was like, what? They're like, yeah, yeah. I'll say or, or his uh, Facebook. So I text him. I was like, I'd love to come by. Had a trial. And it was, the trial was basically just hurting yourself a lot. Yeah. It was, just, it was just, it was just so much pain. It was a horrible, horrible trial. And afterwards he was like, yeah, we can come by, you know, we can do this. So just got into it that way. So what what is that? I tell that it's like, that's insane. <laughs> what is, what is that? What does a training camp and wrestling look like? Just pretend to hit boys, pretend to fall over. Like what's? A... <laughs> See, there's no pretending, man. There's are you? No are you, are, so are you worth? Are you worth? Isn't real. <laughs> man, this is real. This is fully real. This is like UFC style. <laughs> Only nobody gets hit. <laughs> <laughs> I might though. So if you don't move your neck right, you do get hit. So right, I okay. the first punch. The first punch I ever took, I didn't know to move your head. I just stood there. <laughs> He punched me and I probably was like, holy shit, fell back, was near knocked out. And I was like, what happened there? He's like, you didn't move your neck. And I was like, no one told me to move my neck. And I was like, yeah. So, so you, know are, you are me. getting slapped up, basically. You have to just know how to, you need to learn yeah, how to take it, basically. But more on like your neck. So we do a lot of like neck training, like before okay. we step in, step in the ring. It's just training your neck, basically doing like neck bridges for three minutes before each, um, each session. You have to mm-hmm. train your neck. And like the outcomes and stuff, do you predetermine outcomes before you go in there? Big secret of the WWE world. She's like, I, I can't be telling you that. No, I, um, <laughs> I, I personally don't, but like, so I've, I've never had a match yet, but uh-huh. um, the likes of whoever's booking it, they'll, they'll predetermine it. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, do you, would you be gutted? Like, imagine me and you're going up scrapping, like, right, Sean's going to, you know, fucking put you up on one finger, spin you around and throw you down, you're going to be out. You'd be like, what the bullshit? Like, <laughs> oh, you'd be heartbroken. You'd be like, no, I've been training my life for this. Is he fucking yeah. taking me on? I'm super kicking him right in the nose. <laughs> Your years of training dedication just to be fucking KO'd by some boy, like half the size. Yeah, because it looks good for the script. Uh, so talk, I'm, a, I'm actually, I'm actually fascinated by this wrestling. Tell me more about wrestling. Who, who just sort of like, what sort of wrestlers do you favor? Like, who you still watch it and stuff like that? Oh yeah, yeah. Every every single week, man. Every who's your number? Week. Who's your number one gay or girl of all time? Um, I so for, of all time, probably I love Rey Mysterio. He is class. Yeah. I think his matches are just so. Like during lockdown, we started doing like a lot of uh, online classes for mm-hmm. the wrestling. So we would just watch matches and break them down into detail. 
and just Rey Mysterio, just some of the, the way he would move. And he's a he's a little guy as well, mm-hmm. but he, he made himself absolutely massive in that there sport where yeah. it was believable if he went up against a six foot six guy. Like if he, if he went up against The Rock, it was still believable because yeah. he was so quick and it, it just his character and the way he would get like emotion across even while wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. I thought I just think this is insane. Current guys, I love um, Daniel Bryan. Okay. Met him in New York. Met him in New York once, and like pure fangirled, uh, like <laughs> completely fangirled. Like I was with the uh, this group, and one of the girls that was with me was like, "Oh my god, that's the Bella Twins!" And I was like, "What?" She was like, "The Bella Twins. They have a TV show on um, whatever it's called, Total Buzz." I was like, "No, no, no." I was like, "That's the Bella Twins. That they're wrestlers." <laughs> she was like, oh, are they? I was like, "I was like." He's like, forget about the Bell Twins. I was like, that's Daniel Bryan. That's, one of the, that's, that's a husband. And I was like, that's Daniel Bryan. I was like, oh my God. And I'm standing in the middle of New York, like screaming to myself in my own head. And I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I need, I need to run up to him. I need to run up to him. Mm-hmm. Sprinted as fast as I could. <laughs> Completely ignored these two twins who are, like, are the bigger celebrity. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're their own TV show. They're a massive celebrity. Completely ignored them. I just went straight to him. I was like, my, my you're uh, you're 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 good at the the the, the, the You're you're good at the stuff, man. And he's like, thanks very much. I was like, can I get a photo bud? And he's like, yeah, of course, of course, man. And he's like, the nicest man I've ever met. Yeah. Like, complete, completely ignored the twins too. I was just like, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure them Bella twins would be quite attractive. No, beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, just feeling the past the gorgeous. No, I, just, I didn't even notice them. I was, oh my god. To the I can't believe man, this right I love now. you. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> literally, that made my summer like meeting celebrities is a weird thing. I remember, like, this is gonna, this is does not compare to the heights of who you met, but uh, I used to work on Subway at the time, and I can't, I don't think I've told this story in the podcast. And I met, um, I was, what do you say? I think I was 16 at the time, and none other than Mr. Gals from Geordie Shore walked into Subway. And no this way. is, this is fucking peak Gals, like, peak Gals, Geordie Shore. And I was like, I was like, oh my God. And the girl working beside me was 17 and she like just, I was a mess, but she just crumbled and there's no one else in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> and he came in and he's like, uh, can I have a foot long? What was he one again? Yeah, he's like, can I have a uh, foot long with meatballs? And the girl was saying, just goes, of course. Like, <laughs> does everyone, <laughs> everyone who crumbled, I made a sandwich, was shaking like the lettuce was just going everywhere. Like I didn't know what to do. And then she got to the till and you have to like join the a card machine. You have to like type in the number. It was like five yeah. pound or something I got there. She charged him five P and she's like, don't worry, I'll get the rest. And all. <laughs> she's like, just completely, <laughs> completely crumbled. But like meeting celebrities is the maddest experience of your life. You just, oh, it's so nervous. It's so, it's... there's nothing like it in the world. Like you can't just, the nerves you get, like certain exams, doing a driving test, nothing compares to meeting like a celebrity, even if you're not that big a fan of them, just. Yeah. You don't have to be a big fan at all. Like, mm-hmm. Like you can look like we seen that same summer we seen Alessandro Nesta, you know, used to play for uh, SC yeah, Milan. Yeah. And like I, it's pretty cool, like, but I, I'm not an SC Milan fan. Like it was <laughs> I'd ber- I wouldn't recognize him if he was walking down the street. And mm-hmm. one of the lads I was, was like, Alessandro Nesta manages this once see a match. He's like Nesta manages this football team. So we went out the back, we're like, Oh, can we meet him and all? He's the coolest guy ever. He was smoking a cigarette, and we were like, Can we have a photo or whatever? He's like Put the cigarette behind his back, <laughs> pose, just just pose, didn't say a word. So like, and like walked on and I was like, that was class. I was like, I don't even know who that guy is, but that was unreal. <laughs> like, that is amazing. <laughs> baller. Ital- is he Italian? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Italian baller just coming down the street. Yeah. <laughs> class. Uh and then you re- I want to I can't get off this wrestling thing. So what sort of what sort of character have you envisioned this? I presume you're looking at this way, but you know, you have to develop your character and things like that. What sort of things or ideas so- you come up with even sharing? So I haven't told my coach this yet, and if he was, if he's watching this, <laughs> Carlo, enjoy. Um, because I've had a lot of ideas. Originally, I wanted my name to be Vitamin P, because I thought that was class. I used to have a cocktail in Ginger Jane's called Vitamin P, and I was like, this, this is, this is where I'm going to go with my life. I'm going to be Vitamin P. Like I could just see it, like. And then I came over here, and he was like, No, I like your name. You know, maybe not your first name because it's a bit hard to understand. But I love your second name, Fern. You know, hmm. maybe just go with that, Fern. That's a cool name. I was like, I don't know that. You know, it's, <laughs> it's no vitamin it's a boring. Like, it's like it's a boring, like isn't it? And then during like the past few weeks, all I've been eating for these triathlons is meat. That's like all I eat is meat. <laughs> now, like I'll have about two steaks a day, 
I'll have two chicken fillets, can of tuna, some kangaroo meatballs. That's all, all I eat now. Like, no, no, no carbs or anything. It's, it's all this just meat. meat. <laughs> and what, I brought it into work one day, and there was about three lunch boxes of just steak. And they're like, "What the fuck?" And I was like, "Oh, sure, here. I'm the meat castle, aren't I?" And as soon as I as soon as I said that, I was like, "There's something in that." I was like, "I'm the meat castle." I was like, "That is my new character." Just like walking out to the ring, like eating steaks. Just being like, ah, the meat castle. And that was just straight away. I was like, this is who I am. Just like, juiced up on steroids out of your mind. Yeah. <laughs> the meat castle. <laughs> I was like, that, that, I just need to come to the ring with a plate of steak. And like mid-match, eat some steak. I was like, that, that's my character. That's what I want now. Finish and move salt and pepper up or something like that before you... <laughs> Finish and move. Big, a, a frog splash from the top rope called the, the beefcake. Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I uh, wish there's more people like that. I wish there's more people try these adventurous sports over here because over in Ireland, obviously, it's only <laughs> all everyone does over here is your girl, Irish dancing, boy, Gaelic football, hurling. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, right, that's, that's the height of it, unless you break out. And who's the who's the Irish wrestler? Seamus, is it the big ginger fella? There's Seamus, uh, Finn Balor, and uh, Becky Lynch. Lynch. Right, the three, three main Irish ones. Yeah, oh god, that is actually. <laughs> That is amazing. Absolutely. That's made your day, man. That actually has. Who knew the world of rest, the amateur world of wrestling, could be so <laughs> so amazing? Oh, the, just the possible the possibilities are just anything. Be whoever you want. Uh, oh man, it's brilliant. What about what about the Rock? I, what, I, something that I was listening to the other day about the Rock is uh, obviously like the things he went to achieve from wrestling was like unbelievable. But do you think the Rock will ever stop selling things? Look at his Instagram. Like the man is just. A world-class he's, selling machine. He's unbelievable. Oh, hundred percent. He's <laughs> as, he's unreal. Like he is class. And like no matter what he sells, you'll buy it. Oh yeah, it's hilarious. Like, oh, like, yeah, these these rocks. He like put up like uh he put up some like emotional heartwarming story about his daughter, and then at the end he'd be like, and I cheers this with my Tremina <laughs> tequila. <laughs> <laughs> just like just one, give me one post on Instagram. <laughs> it's not sponsored, but how can yeah, the absolute. He is the he's the goat of goats. <laughs> Uh, so I sort of want I want to Dave I want to sort of touch back into motivation stuff again because like obviously it's a big part of who you are and what you do and like talking to cameras and Instagram someone that comes from Ireland and I sort of tried dabbling this and it is it is it's not easy to do I've tried to go down the motivation route and it's it's hard to do without leading an example I'll say because whenever I try to do it oh yeah you're putting out advice and you're giving people like these like oh here's what you do blah 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 I'm like why the fuck why would you listen to me who am I yeah. to be motivational? You need to sort of set the standard. I think that's something you do really well with the the fifty two week challenge and like your fitness and stuff like that. But what is what is the motivating factor for you? Because like the there's one thing I see online and it's starting to starting to get in my nerves is a big thing that I see online coaches and PTs doing saying accountability yeah. and how you need to achieve accountability. And a big thing that they promote is you need accountability, and I can give you accountability. And for 50 pound, 100 pound, whatever they're charging, they can give you accountability. But obviously, you seem to have achieved that without having to pay or other things like that. What is it for you that keeps you, you know, accountable and wanting to do these things week on week? So uh, I think definitely putting that up on like the likes of Instagram. Hmm. I mind the first, so I, I do this thing on Instagram for anyone who doesn't know, it's called like Make It A Win Wednesday, where I'll just put up a video on, on um, Instagram and it'll last like about four videos, so about 40 seconds of me just trying to motivate people. You know, it started off with me just saying, you know, have a good day. And if you're not okay, reach out to me, talk to me, and have a great mm. time. And basically telling everyone you're beautiful. Cause I was like, that's a, that's a nice way for someone to start their day if they're just scrolling through Instagram instead of just watching absolute tripe. Maybe yeah. they come across this and be like, okay, I actually needed that. And um, so for me, that was a big one of me putting that up there. I was like, this is kind of keeping me accountable. Mm because if i have this because like there's i think what a lot of people don't know is there is days where i feel like absolute shit 100 like there's days where i feel like the lowest lows and i reach out to people or whatever or like i'll also i will speak about it on yeah. instagram i'll be like yeah you know what today wasn't a great day or yeah this week i struggled like last week i had my scooter stolen so i, dr- I drive like a little vespa over right. here and it was it, it was stolen and that was a bit shit. And I put that up there. I was like, oh, best was stolen. But yeah. people are writing, being like, oh, I hope you're okay, blah, 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 shit like that. But I think a big thing of it is just uh, like 
I'm accountable because I pulled it up there. It's online. It's, everyone can see it. Mm-hmm. So, and if I'm talking about, you know, oh, you got to, you don't have to be positive. I've never, I've never said you have to be positive. But you have to at least look back at your week. Like take at least 10 minutes on a Sunday night or a Monday morning and just think back, being like, okay, reflect. How was that week? Mm-hmm. So I think even just doing that and doing that, no matter who you are, that'll help help your head so i think putting it up on instagram made me have to take the time to reflect yeah okay because i'd be like okay how was that week how like i'm about to speak how what actually was that week then and mm-hmm. then i would think about it and let's say there were six negatives there's always going to be 20 like yeah. no matter what because a positive can be she's like a positive is i woke up this morning that's a positive yeah, yeah. You, you've had a good day if you woke up because there's someone else that didn't wake up today Someone yeah. else's mother, daughter, whatever, did not wake up. You've woke up. You've had a great day. Mm-hmm. And like one of my buddies said to me one time, um, one of my friends, Kyle, he said, "There's no such thing as a bad day. Only good days with bad moments." And like that yeah, was like one that. thing that has always, always stuck with me. Mm-hmm. Even when I have like a bad day, and I was like, "Okay, it wasn't a bad day. It was a lot of bad moments. What was the good parts in that?" So mm-hmm. I'll, I'll try and think about the good parts. I'll and. I used to, I don't do it anymore so much, but uh, I probably should get back to it. But I used to do this thing where I'd wake up every morning and I would do a reflection. So I'd write down three things. So just with a cup of tea in the morning time, like before work or whatever, I would drink a cup of tea and write down three things I was grateful for. Hmm. So it, it would just be like silly, simple things. Like they don't have to be extravagant. You don't have to be grateful for, you know, you got a new car today or like simple, silly things like that. Like I'm grateful for, Last night I watched a TV show with my buddy, and it was it was a really fun thing to do. And like that that's what I did last night. I watched yeah. a stupid TV. I watched like the equivalent of Total Wipeout over here with my friend Andy, and it was class. Yeah. A great great night. Just just doing something silly like that there today. I went for a walk along the beach. That was class. Like silly, just not silly, but like little things like that because little things make big. So that, that's kind of like where I've always just been. You got got to reflect. I think that's. I mean, I hang around with like a lot of friends that they help me stay accountable too. Mm-hmm. Like my network around me is unbelievable because whenever I'm up here, I do have mates to just bring me back down to earth. Like you know, I, you you know yourself, what lads are like, especially in a group chat. Like yep. each Wednesday, the lads will text me and be like, "Fuck off with that shite, will you?" <laughs> well, trust me, I know. <laughs> what do you mean you're making it a win? Fuck off. <laughs> Dickhead, I, they'll say like what I haven't done this week, like ten uh, k run to be doing twelve. Yeah, Fuck up, <laughs> like silly things I like got there. And each time I read, I'm like, huh. yeah, fair. <laughs> so definitely, who, who who I like surround myself with, hundred percent. Like you know, like my brother, like is one of my best mates, and he keeps me very very positive. Like just mm-hmm. you're talking, like family. I'm very very close to my family. They'll keep me positive and they'll keep me accountable all the time. Definitely. Seems like it seems like what you're getting at here is it may not even be motivation because a lot of people are asking like how do you stay so motivated and stuff. It just seems more like uh like an appreciation for life. If that's fair. Yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Like as cheesy as this is going to sound, as corny as it's going to sound, life's a beautiful thing. Life is unreal. Yeah. And you got sometimes wake up, look outside your window, and just go, "This is class. I'm allowed to be a part of this. Like this is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Today could be my last day." I could go into bed right now and not wake up tomorrow. So I want to enjoy my last day. Yeah. And the, that true, aspect true, of like, true, there's true. always, there's always somebody else. Sorry. There's always somebody else below you. Like I'm sure there's lots of people sitting oh, here okay. being like, look at him living in Australia. That's amazing. But there's someone sitting in, okay, I don't know where Africa with nothing looking at someone in arm being like, look, they've got everything. Yeah. There's always yeah. somebody else. Like I think tr- treat each day like it's your last, but definitely prepare for a tomorrow. Yeah. Like, okay. Just, yeah. Like that enjoy it while it's here because you hear too many shit stories and too much negativity spread across especially on social social media is an amazing thing mm-hmm. but it's also one of the worst things like, and, and, and it goes hand in hand like it's a hot like a lot of people bullying and all that there like, so just enjoy it be nice to be it's, it's easy to be nice it's nice to be nice so yeah enjoy it enjoy life and just take it for what it is mm-hmm. i like that just positivity in general and just a good outlook on life i suppose 
Yeah. Um, where else does that leave me to? So I actually wanted to ask you more about the whole like life gives you lemons while we're on this topic. So obviously it's like a thing you've tattooed on your skin, you know, you've like embraced it through all your Instagram posts, but like where does that where did it all originally originally come from? Like why life gives you lemons? There's so many sense out there, you see so much crap out there. Like what sort of brought you to that? I honestly haven't a clue where that all began from. I I just remember just I used to say it all the time and I used to like every Instagram I would put an emoji. Mm-hmm. So like I went back because someone did ask me this like a few weeks ago. Like when did that begin? So I went back onto my Instagrams to see like where the emoji started. Mm-hmm. And it was about it was when I was in like seventh year in school and I was in Romania. So then I remember look like thinking, okay, what what did I do in Romania? I went like with the school with about 20 other people and we were working in orphanages and mm-hmm. uh, it was orphanages and like care homes and whatnot, like just for a week. Um, helping them helping them out and seeing their stories and bringing the presents and trying to like cheer them up so I don't I can't say it for definite but I'm pretty sure it just came from that where I was like because this is amazing like and there, there must have been a lemon or something there I was like you know what lads let's make <laughs> let's make this fucking let's make a bit of lemonade here like you know yeah. it's, it's, it's shit weather outside and it, it doesn't smell the best in here but like <laughs> let's let's make the most of this like yeah it's but then since I can remember, it was always just a thing. And then speak, speaking about like, um, speaking about social media and stuff like that as well, like, do you ever, do you ever get worried or like think, did you ever occur like even back then, like, oh, people are going to think this is cheesy or like worry what people think about it or did that ever come across your mind? Oh, 100%, 100%. Um, like, yeah, definitely. Like I, I still get the odd bit of abuse every week, but like nice abuse, I guess, like mm. where people are just trying to bring you down to earth. Um, but yeah, definitely. Like at the, at the start when I like put it up, I didn't really think about it because I was just like, it was I the reason I did the first like it was before I did like a make it a win Wednesday. I did a video being like, uh, everyone have a good time. Uh, like you know, have a great day. Fucking have have just enjoy it. Enjoy life. It's mm-hmm. a beautiful life. Was because Liverpool won a match. I can't <laughs> remember what match they were. I think they had just won like the league title. Mm-hmm. But like they, had, they hadn't lifted it yet, but they had won enough points to win it. And I was like have a great time everyone this is a great day or whatever like <laughs> oh what what life we live in this is amazing because that's just how i felt yeah i was cycling to work when i when the match was like called finalists and i was like what a class time we're living in <laughs> unreal enjoy it go out today get in the pints just enjoy life brilliant mm-hmm. and i started doing it more often and i was like jesus i am looking like a bit of a gobshit here because my, <laughs> my dad wrote to me my dad doesn't have instagram but like one of my cousins i think showed it to him being like oh Pork's doing a good job in the Instagram. I was like, "What do you mean?" They're like, "Oh, do you not see his videos?" And I like, showed my dad a video. My dad rang me. He's like, "What are you doing on that fucking Instagram?" He's like, <laughs> like, "I don't know." Just putting videos up. He's like, "You're a fucking gobshite. Why, why are you only making Wednesday with? What about the other bits?" He's like, "I don't know." But he's like, "Well, you're a bit of a gobshite. Like, you know, fucking just just cycle the cycle the work like every other normal person. Like, what the fuck are you at?" I don't know. Like my, my dad's my biggest critic. Like he's my best friend, but also my yeah. biggest critic. Like it's, it's just impossible a, to please. Just sounds like the Irish dads. Like I remember whenever I started writing blogs and stuff like a year ago. Like my dad came to me and like was real serious. He was like, "Like is this your way of telling us you're gay?" I'm like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What? Where's this coming?" Like, do that Irish dad thing. Like when you're younger, you'd go outside and like I don't know, you'd skip. Goes, "What's wrong with you, gay?" Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, it's like I just I just want to try and motivate people. That he goes. All right, that's all right then. <laughs> that, I think that's that's the worst one too, isn't it? Just that look. Yes, because oh, you know there, right. you know there's a thousand things going in their head. That's yeah, it. he's just sitting there, he's like, you know, what my father would have done if he seen me do. That. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The camera. <laughs> Fucking, I used to walk two miles to school and I had no shoes. Yeah, <laughs> but no heating back in them days either. Not that you bastards needed down in Australia. <laughs> no chance, man. Sure, look at the tan, man. <laughs> yeah, sitting there in a vest. I'm sitting here. What time is it here? Eleven o'clock. Wrapped up, sitting in my room. I only put this vest on for a bit of professionalism. I, if, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for this, this is off. This is your big moment. This doesn't get any bigger than this. This, this is the big one, man. I've made it the big time, so I have. Should disclaim it. We're going to fly you over, but uh, COVID regulations and stuff. Flights can't get you. I know. In. I know. I'm going to have the entire. I'm going to have the entire family joined by, by at the living room on Sunday night whenever this is airing, being like, put the popcorn and everything. Jesus, look, look at that gobshite on TV. 
<laughs> right we'll start the i think we'll start to wind it down stuff like that there because i think we've covered a lot of a lot of the good stuff i have some questions and stuff that uh yeah of fans from across the world have been sending in um let's see here we've got a couple of ones so like a lot of it's like a lot of it's just some of it's just like pretty like oh my god he's so funny how does he stay so positive and motivated and carefree i've covered all that uh someone wants to know like how's like how's like your like physical condition changed since training like how's your body changed like what's up and like uh, so I've lost since the first of January. I have lost, I think, five and a half kilos of weight. Jeez, but I've also to- I've, I've toned up quite a lot because. But then I started going. So I've kind of like made a big change in January where I mm-hmm. stayed off the drink. Um, I've had one weekend where I drank so far, but stayed off the drink. I uh, joined a football team, like Gaelic team over here. So I trained twice a twice a week with them. I try mm-hmm. and do wrestling once a week. Um. Obviously, the triathlons, and then I'll go to the gym maybe four to five times a week. Mm-hmm. More, more four, more four. Um, so I'm just, I'm feeling a lot better, a lot like fitter. My, the, the, the thing I've noticed the most difference in is my face. Like, this, yeah. like my skin isn't as spotty. It's feeling healthier. My eyes just feel fresher and like it's, it's a bit less chubby, I guess. Yeah. And um, so the big difference I've noticed in is the face. But so far so good. And as I said earlier on, like I have a physio over here where I go to every Monday night. And uh, uh, what's it called? Is it a thing over here? Um, r- remedial. Yeah, is that right? Remedial massage therapist as well. Massage. Where like, he just like t- takes out your knots basically and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So he- he's brilliant as well. So body's so far holding up pretty well. Good stuff. Good stuff. And obviously something you need to look after if you're going to be rattling, <laughs> rattling right. every single yeah. week. Like. Definitely. Uh, uh, I presume this is your brother. One C F one on Instagram. Who is your biggest inspiration? This. Is it your brother? Jesus, uh, my sister. <laughs> my sister, big inspiration. No, uh, that's a good question. Um, all in the family, like all of them. I, call, I couldn't choose one. Like they're all yeah. incredible. Like each of them, well, I have a different relationship with each of them. Mm-hmm. To the point, like where they are incredible, helped me through everything. All my mates, like. Knows me very well and knows I'm very very close to my friends. So any of them, um, but de- definitely family. Cahill, in fairness, has helped me through absolutely everything. Like times when I was struggling with my own mental health, he mm. helped me big time. And there has there has been a lot of times where I've genuinely came to him back. Like, I'm struggling right now. I'm I'm feeling a very low. Yeah. Like and he's helped me 100. Like so. Cal, you're in the top four. You're in the top four. <laughs> You've made it to the Champions League. You qualified. No, in the knockout stage. <laughs> uh, what are your best tips? So if you were to give one tip for weight loss motivation, what would be your number one tip for motivation for weight loss? Probably find a good trainer. Yeah. Like, I, I know when I own right course. Place, by the way, it's like, like, I know we spoke, I joked about accountability <laughs> earlier, but it is, yeah. it is on, like, I know at the end of the day, you're going to be the one that needs to decide on accountability. You're the, you need to be your own influencer. You need to be accountable mm. on yourself. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you're paying. Like you can pay big bucks to whoever. Like in the past, I know I've paid big money to a trainer and I did fuck all. Like it, it's completely on me, not the yeah. trainer. It was on me just because I wasn't in the place at the time. I wasn't motivated and it wasn't their fault. So it's, it's always going to have to be you, but just starting like with small changes, like the likes of diet um they, what, before I ever went to a trainer, I didn't know milk was bad. It's not bad, but I used to drink about two to three liters of milk every single day. Right, okay. I thought that was very good for you. I yeah. was like, I'm going to have the strongest bones. I'm going to be brilliant. And then the first day I sat down with the trainer, they're like, what's your diet? So I told them. And they're like, you wrote three liters of milk here. Do you mean three glasses? And I was like, no, three liters. And then like whatever, having cups of tea. I have about 10 mm-hmm. cups of tea a day as well. And they're like, nah you need to stop that right now like like mm-hmm. one glass a day is even a bit much and i was like what the like <laughs> i wasn't educated so like i didn't know anything you so didn't know any better probably find a good coach because you they they're educated that's their job it's like it's, it's like anything like if you, if you have a broken arm you'll go to a doctor if you know your teeth are fucked you go to a dentist like you know mm-hmm. if you want to lose weight you go to a coach like you just gotta be... yeah i think i'm I think I'm going to jump in on that point because get a good coach and also go to a coach when you're ready to start working hard. Don't go to a coach when you just want to lose weight 
because I think that's a big yeah. point people trip up on. Go to coach and you're sitting there and you know, right, I can dedicate three days, four hours a week, whatever it is to this. Don't get to the stage you're like, I'm going to go to a coach and so I'll just magically disappear because as you said before, you've went to coaches yeah, yeah. and it hasn't worked. You need it. It's, I think a mentality thing is a big thing with coaches as well. So oh, 100%. get on that buzz. Uh, this is from his words, not mine. From your best blood, Kyle, why do you have a fear of the lazy song by Bruno Mars? <laughs> um, you know it's been that long since I disliked the lazy song I kind of forget the story actually the <laughs> oh okay no I'll be honest actually here no I don't remember so when I was younger about what age are you in first year school like 12 13 maybe yeah 13 right when I was 13 oh geez I haven't you know th- there's about two people that know this story and it's Kyle and my brother when, uh, when I was about 13, I thought I was going to be a celebrity. So I created a YouTube channel. <laughs> and I have, I've had two videos up there. One was introducing myself and what I was going to do each week. I was like, I'm going to do this every week. So I am, you know, I'm going to do sketches and videos, you know, because at the time I was big and I loved YouTube. So I was like, I'm going to do all these videos every week. Went out, bought loads of costumes and like different things. I had like ideas and whatnot. And I was like, I'm going to do this. And the first video, the next video I put up was a song I was singing, which was Lazy Song. And like, I'm there just like, I can't sing, by the way. So like, <laughs> like I, I'm not like one of those like good singers where it's like, oh, I can't sing. Like, I can't sing. Yeah. I'm an awful, awful singer. Like, so I'm there going, today I don't, like, awful. My brother comes walking in, he's dancing away, and I post it on YouTube. And I remember being so confident about it. I was like, yeah, this is brilliant. Sending it to everyone in my year group over Facebook. I was like, yeah, can you like, like and share this? Can you watch it, please? The amount of, sh- I think it took me five years to recover from that. Five <laughs> years, I think. It got, I got to 50 or till I was like, okay, I can, I can talk to people again here. <laughs> so okay. every, every time that song comes on, I just get anxiety. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is meant to be this, this was your big break like everyone like sure it this, was this is going to be someone get this to Simon Kyle word. it was <laughs> it, oh. uh, and then we have now on so it's, we sort of touched on this but what's life down what's life like da- what's life like down underneath compared to home direct comparison more so um brilliant uh, I'm, so my job over here is I work in a special needs school mm-hmm. I don't think I been able, like with no training, which is sounds bad, um, but with no training or anything, no real qualifications. Whereas I don't think I'd be able to do that back home. I think I think there's a lot more opportunities over here, mm-hmm. like for jobs wise. Like even now, I can go on. So I'm thinking about studying to become a teacher. Mm-hmm. I can do that by passing like one module. Whereas back home, you obviously you need to finish school, and then if yeah. you want to become a teacher, you need to do a lot more. Mm-hmm. so over here i think there's there's more opportunities and whatnot and it's just obviously the weather's better but sometimes not in melbourne but the, the weather is better and like i think there is a massive wild drinking culture over here as well but mm-hmm. that's because i live in st kilda where it's all irish people yeah. so like it's I, ireland is over here basically and mm-hmm. um, so i think that's the biggest one for me like there, there's more opportunities so opportunities in terms of like they're willing to give people a chance, that sort of idea. Is that what you're getting yeah, at? Yeah, I think so. Like, like I've been working in that school for about, well, despite the farm, for about a year now, or just mm-hmm. over a year actually. I, I don't think that's something I'd be able to do back home without any experience, with any like real finished education. I don't reckon I'd be able to do that. So yeah. Yeah. And like I've seen like a few friends that have gotten big opportunities to like progress in the workforce mm-hmm. where like, at home that might be but I, I could be wrong because like at home again I worked for my dad I worked for like the likes of, I worked for Ginger Jane's in the pub and uh, Fruit and Veg Warehouse mm-hmm. so I could, I, could, I could be wrong because I never actually tried to become like work in a school back home but for, for me that's it yeah yeah uh, on the farm someone wants to know would love to go to Australia but farm farming has me scared what's it like so yeah you hear a lot of terrifying like people like <laughs> just have horror stories from the farm mm-hmm. i got myself and gary got could not have asked for any better farm we got so so lucky Um, just our entire setup so we lived on a farm with a family the family mm-hmm. who owned it and so it was 
the husband, the wife, and their four kids. So like a 15-year-old, 14-year-old, 10-year-old, and 8-year-old. And like we were basically we were a part of their family. Like we were me and Gary were her like sons, basically. Like she would come over. I mean, when I first arrived there, I had no money. Like I had mm. nothing to my name. So like we all went to the shop and they're all buying like their week's groceries. And I was kind of just standing there going, nice. <laughs> I'll I'll be able to I'll I'll be okay for it. I'll be okay for a week. Once mm-hmm. I get my first pay, I'll be good to go. And the like boss, like the boss, her name was Liv. She goes, uh, why are you not eating? I was like, not that hungry. Don't really like food that much. And she was like, what? <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, ah, I'm all good. I have a, I have biscuits at the house. So it's all okay. She came back that night. She brought over like a massive plate of like sausages, chicken, just a load of food. And was like, mm-hmm. yep, this is yours. And I was like, Jeez, I was like, that's a lot today. And she was like, yeah, listen, it's yours, your family now. So we got very, very lucky to the point, like, it was it was sad leaving the place. Oh, right, okay. yeah. It, like, I thoroughly loved my farm. So, like, whoever mm-hmm. that was, if, if they want, if they are coming over to Australia, to just message me and I'll get on to live because she loves the Irish people. Yeah. So get on and I'll message her. And if you, if you do want that farm work, you can, well, she'd be 100% having you. The dream farm life, yeah. Uh, yeah, 100%. Somebody wants to know here, what has been your favorite fancy dress costume you've performed throughout the years? <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> oh, Anchorman, 100%. 100%. Robert John Burgundy. Burgundy. Oh, class. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Is that in your 100%. Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there'll probably, probably be a photo of that fired up here, Jaron. <laughs> I'll go digging for that as yeah, well. That's, that's on my Instagram way back. It's my, 100% my favorite. Love it. And then... A lot. Well, we've had a lot of women requesting if you're single or not, and I mean a lot. <laughs> a couple of fellas. <laughs> I am very single. <laughs> so if you can get yourself a one-way ticket to Australia, park look after is is a setup and all there for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, you just want that bed. A bit, look at that, a freshly made bed and everything. What man does that? Look at that made bed. That's look at how clean this room is. That's a man who's got his life together. <laughs> Candles, candles, lads. I'm telling you, this is smart. Man. If you're a man at the 21st century, it's not lighting a candle. I'm telling you, you're doing it wrong. Go home, just go home. That's another one. My dad came in first time he seen. He goes, "What are you lighting candles for? You get?" <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, have you smelt in here? <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> I sure room my brother. It's like fucking no. This is for the good of society. <laughs> Uh, and then final one, uh, we'll end on this one, is someone wants to know what has been your favourite hairstyle from throughout the years as well? Uh, I love bald. I love just being bald because <laughs> you get out of the shower, there's nothing. The, the only negative is, so I recently cut the mullet off. Yeah. And I, f- I forgot that like you need to actually put sunscreen on your neck. You usually have a <laughs> mullet covering it. Mm-hmm. Burnt the shit out of my neck. Oh, no. But I'll go bald. Enjoyed the mohawk as well. It got a lot of looks. The 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 braids that was fun. Blonde, not so much. Um, the l- luscious locks. The first year I had them, they were nice. Uh, but bald, I'll go bald. Yeah. What does it make you go for them? Why why the crazy hairstyle? What what about it? Blonde one, I lost a bet to a, a FIFA bet, so I had to go blonde. And um, long hair, I did that. Because I wanted to donate it to the kids with cancer charity. Very good. I, I hate having. I don't like having long hair, but I wanted to donate it well. Yeah. The mohawk drunk <laughs> came home. There was a razor there. I was like, "This is gonna look cool as fuck." Did not. Did not look cool as fuck at all. <laughs> uh, the braids drunk did that. Um, most of them have been me being drunk, being like, this will be class. I'm going to be unreal. I am going to get so much women. And then I go out the next day and I'm like, I am not going to get any women. This is great. <laughs> so I'm trying, is... I'm trying this hairstyle out now. So I am. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's a step in the right direction, I think. <laughs> I think it's like a normal one, I thought. <laughs> yeah, tone it back a bit. So if you've ever had any drunk thoughts of getting your hair cut, uh, our advice is go for it. Yeah, 100%. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%
if you are interested in the triathlon and donating money to mind mm. it's all on my instagram and on my facebook i post updates every single sunday of proof of me actually doing the triathlon distances um if you just want to give me a follow because you might enjoy it if you just want to give me an unfollow because you just don't enjoy it that's all good um but yeah just enjoy life take it for what it is it's unbelievable make it a win stay beautiful stay golden and i love you that's that's all i have to say i don't think i could sum it up any better than that thanks everybody so much for listening uh make it a win as well for me and i'll see you again the next one park thank you very much it's been a blast cheers <laughs>